Let's look in uh, Luke chapter 2. Last week I shared with you um, about the incarnation. We're actually going to go a little bit further on that um, today. In Luke chapter 2 verse 8 through verse 14 it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Say, I'd be too. (laughs) Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior. That's key right there. Everybody say a savior. A savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. I'm going to stop just right there. Lying in a manger. You're going to find a babe. A savior is born lying in a manger. And if you remember from last week and get this church, it matters who was in the manger. It matters who was in the manger or this is not going to matter. You following that? And that Christmas makes no sense without Easter. And Easter is very dependent upon some certain things about Christmas and the manger. So he said, this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Let me remind you of our definition of what Christmas is. Because if we're not careful because of all the media, all the traditions, all the this and that and everything that we see and hear and things that get added to and taken away, we're going to get confused and think that some of the things we do are Christmas. But actually the things we do are the celebration of Christmas. And so our definition of Christmas is Christmas is a celebration of the entrance of of our Savior into the world. And our response to that is we should celebrate. We're going to talk about that. But you don't know how to celebrate if you don't know what you're celebrating. Are, are you hearing me? This, this is like some girls at football games. They don't know what just happened, but everybody else. <laughs> oh, yay! They don't, they don't know what happened, you know, and so... But guys, we're lost on a lot of stuff too, okay? They're, they're weeping about something. They're like, what? You know? But you have to know what you're celebrating so you can celebrate right. And we are celebrating. And make no mistake, we are celebrating. So if you're used to dead, dry, boring church, well, you ain't there. Well, I don't know why they got lights and trees and got to have music and all that. We're celebrating. And we don't just celebrate now, we celebrate all year. We're we're celebrating. We have a lot to celebrate. Some of y'all wore your red stuff and your green stuff. This is kind of convertible tie. It works good for Christmas and for St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) That's what they told me when I bought it. No, I'm teasing. But we're celebrating. And you should celebrate. And I I want you to, and you need to. But we need to understand what we're celebrating. We're celebrating the entrance of our savior into the world. And he came in by way of the manger. That's a pretty big deal. June 12th, 2012, six months ago, 
a man named Spencer West, 31 years old, from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, finished a seven-day trek to reach the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro. That's uh, 19,341 feet. It's quite a climb, and it's rugged. Less than 50% of the people who try this finish. And what makes this so incredible, what Spencer did, is that Spencer, when he was five years old, lost both his legs. All the way up to the pelvic bone. And he conquered Mount Kilimanjaro. That's a pretty big deal. I said, that's a pretty big deal. Then in October, October 14th, 2012, an Austrian daredevil, his name's Felix Bumgartner, wearing a pressurized suit, jumped out of a specialized hot air balloon and did a four-minute, 20-second, 24-mile free fall back to earth, reaching speeds of Mach 1.24. That's 833.9 miles an hour. How many of you know this guy's going to be bored with Space Mountain? You know, you know. Just a thought. Traveling faster than speed of sound. And then with his parachutes was able to just glide down, land on his own feet in a desert in New Mexico. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. What's it take to impress you people? (laughs) Probably had a crew. That's a pretty big deal. Hey, I got one more for you. About 2,000 years ago, God walked the earth. He put on flesh and came as a baby in a manger in Bethlehem. He grew up. He lived a sinless life. He spoke and taught the most incredible things ever been uttered on this planet. He performed miracles. He showed compassion. He died on a cruel cross for the sins of all mankind. And three days later, he rose again from the dead. Now that, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. He, he didn't get his start in a stable. This is important. He didn't get his start in a stable. His beginning was not Bethlehem. It's not just all of a sudden, oh, here's a baby and now something incredible is going. You have to know that before incarnation, he was. And he was all that he was before he came and put on flesh to be like us. And it's miraculous. It's a big deal. That's why we celebrate. This is a big deal. And that's why we celebrate. Here's, here's one of the miracles. God came to earth. It is, without arguing, seriously, it is the greatest event in human history. Matter of fact, our whole history, our whole calendar is divided B.C. and A.D. It all pivots around this, this event. That God put on flesh and came to the earth. And B.C. is, uh, in the simplest terms, before Christ. Uh, there are those now, well, I'll get to that in a moment. And then A.D., some say it's after death. It's not. It's actually in the year of our Lord, Anno Domini. Domini. And so it's in the year of our Lord. But all of history is divided. Every event, every date, everything 
Any date you put with any event or person or anything, it's connected B.C., A.D. But there's some that don't like that, that want to deny that, that want to ignore that, that want to change it. There's some that are trying to change it to B.C.E. for before common era. And here's my deal. Why, what are you afraid of? How come you got to get a, a nativity scene, a major scene? Get that out of the public view. And get it out of that park. And take down that cross and those Ten Commandments. And here's the question. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? There's a whole lot of stuff everywhere. There's all kinds of things put up. There's a place out on Route 66 where they got Cadillacs buried, you know, with their rear ends sticking up out of the ground. You don't see people out there, get this out of here, it offends my children. There's the largest wad of aluminum foil somewhere too, you know, for people to go and see. And some people are very excited about it and others. So I got to get, you know, there's a, I'll tell you why, because there's, there's power and the enemy, the enemy understands more than the people he fools. And so, Hey, don't, don't be disheartened. Just know the truth. Just know the truth. And somebody fighting you in a, in a store about Happy holidays. And you go, no, it's Merry Christmas. And they go, happy holidays. Hey, go ahead and give in because what they're saying is happy holy days. Yeah. Holy days. But it's a miracle. It's a big deal. Jesus coming to the earth is the reference point for every date and event in history. And it's a miracle also because God became man. He put on flesh. He became one of us. Jesus, the eternal son of God sent by the father, came and put on flesh and became fully human while remaining fully divine. And that's a pretty big deal. In John chapter one, verse 14, it says, and the word became flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. I love it in the message Bible. It says this, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. I love it. So when we hear of incredible feats, like the guy climbing a mountain that you and I probably could never climb, and yet he didn't have legs, and this guy to take a 24 mile, 24 miles, that's 128,100 feet, free fall. Well, the questions that we ask around those things are, first of all, you know, what did he do? And the second question we usually ask is, Now, who did that? Here's the real big question. Why? (laughs) Well, the guy that climbed the mountain, he said, I I wanted to do something. And uh, there's pictures of him. You can Google and find them. And he's at the summit of the mountain and he's written it on his hands. Redefine possible. That's why. That's why he did it. And the guy that, Free fell, jumped out of a perfectly good balloon. He's a daredevil. But he said that just before he jumped, two things crossed his mind. First of all, I feel so small. Bookmark there for a moment. That's good for us. I pray that this year you'll find a lot of things that make you feel small. Maybe it's a mountain, maybe it's an ocean, maybe it's a sunrise, a sunset, maybe it's a baby. 
Maybe it's an event in life. But it's good for us to feel small sometimes. Because we know how big our God is. But he said, first of all, it made him feel really small. And the second thought he said that was just dominant in his mind was, I hope I make it. I hope I make it. So why? But let's look here regarding Christmas. Pretty much everybody in general is familiar with what? With the what of Christmas. You know, even people that don't celebrate, don't have a heart to celebrate like we do. Maybe they're not even believers. They're people that know enough of the traditional story that they pretty much know the what of Christmas. Okay, there's wise men, we three kings, or in our tried to smoke, rubber cigar. And, and you know, that we've got all our stuff that we've added to it. And so everybody pretty much knows the what. But I want to move this morning just for a few moments and look at the who and the why. And by the who, I do not mean the rock band. And by the who, I do not mean the citizens of Whoville. And by the who, I don't mean uh, who's on first and what's on second and all that, okay? So let's get all that out of your humorous minds and get, and get focused here on, on the who and the why. Now get this little phrase here. The who, the who reveals the why. The who reveals the why. Follow me over here. Who was here reveals why. Okay, who, this is, this is very important. Let me put it to you another way. Identity reveals purpose. And your identity is tied to your purpose and your purpose is tied to your identity. And look at me just for a moment. And that's where the enemy will really try to fight you is on your identity. It, it happened in the garden. It happened when Jesus was being tempted. The devil came and the question that he brought up had to do with identity because if he could confuse Jesus about his identity, he could get Jesus off of his purpose. And he said, if you are the son of God, and then tried to get him off of his destiny of, of glory and dominion and, and miracles and provision and all of those things. So it's very, very important, the who. And the who will always reveal the why. And then that's going to lead to the what. To help you understand that a little more, let's, let's just imagine a house here for a moment. And it's cold, so let's give it a, a chimney, fireplace, and the door, and you got little windows and and so forth. And so who is in this house, follow this, whoever is in this house, who is in the house reveals why they're in the house. So if I say wife, we know why she's in the house. If we say mom, we know why she's in the house and she's either working like crazy or she's collapsed on the couch. (laughs) We know what too. If we say a repairman is there. By determining who, we know why. If we say burglar, you get identity, you know purpose. You know who, you know why. Realtor. Okay, if we know who, then we know why. Uh, child. Or knocking at the door, Girl Scout. Cookies. And so the who reveals why. The identity points to purpose. Or imagine, and I I won't go to this, I I won't draw this right now, but imagine a football stadium and we're about to come into, you know, it's going to be all the bowl games. But a football stadium, who is there reveals why they're there. So if a spectator, that's their identity, we know why they're there. Cheerleader, we know why they're there. Coach, scout, vendor, uh, referee, 
uh, broadcaster. The identity, the who reveals the why. Are you following me on that? So now let's attach this to what we're doing here. And again, the who really matters right here. Because whoever ended up on the cross for us, it really matters. I said this earlier that Christmas without Easter doesn't make sense. And Easter without some certain things being true about Christmas is not going to matter. So it matters. Everybody say it matters. It matters who was here because when we know who, then we know his purpose. And then when we know what he will accomplish. Let's look real quick in Isaiah chapter 9. Are you with me? Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his, what? His name. What does a name usually give you some clue to as to who? When you meet somebody, maybe over the holidays, you're going to meet somebody, you know, a little gathering, a little party or whatever. And, and, and so, hi, my name's so-and-so. And what are you after? You're after their name. And then what else do we go to kind of ask him? So what do you do? Where are you from? What are we, what are we trying to find out? We're trying to find out who they are. Hey, have you met my friend here? Have you met my boss here? And, and it's about who. And as we identify who, then we, then we find purpose. But it says, in his name shall be called. This is important, and I want you to get this. One of the most important things I'll say here today. God reveals his character. Get this. God reveals his character, his abilities, and his intentions by his names. And God has many names through scripture and what he does, he reveals himself through his names. And this is equally important. I don't have time to expand this this morning, but God can only be to you who you know him to be. He can only be to you who, in terms of faith, now in terms of mercy, he can be whoever, but he can only be to you who you know him to be. In Psalm 91, it says, because you have known my name. You call upon me, I will answer you. Who answers you? Who you called on? Well, who did you call on? If you don't know him as a prince of peace, you won't ask him for peace. If you don't know him as a protector, a provider, a helper, whatever. If you don't know to call on him for that, then you you won't call upon him for that. So who is very, very important here. It goes on to say, let's go back to Isaiah 9. And his name will be called, help me on this wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Now, forgive me, but I'm going to say it again. The who reveals the why. The identity reveals the purpose. And this is what the prophet stated for God about the manger. Are you with me? He said, there's a baby going to be born and his name will be called wonderful Counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Those four titles can kind of collapse together a little bit. The wonderful counselor who is the mighty God. The everlasting father who is the prince of peace. You know what we just found out? Not just who, but why. Why? Let's go ahead and look at another one here. Matthew chapter 21, verse 1. Excuse me, chapter 1, verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall what? Help me. You shall call his name. You shall call his name Jesus. So a baby's going to come in the manger, and you shall call his name. We're finding out who. 
You shall call his name Jesus. And then it goes on and translates, for he will what? Here's his purpose. Are y'all here? You call his name Jesus. Why? For he will save. He will save his people from their sins. Again, the who reveals the why. The identity leads us to the purpose of why he came. So he's not, he's not just the other things we've listed. He is Jesus. Call his name Jesus. Jesus actually means here Jehovah who saves, Jehovah who helps, Jehovah the Savior. And then in Matthew 1, 23, it says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall, help me on this, they shall what? Call his name what? Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And I have to say this to you, and I believe I mentioned it earlier, because of the way that God is with us, we understand clearly that God is also for us. And so again, let's go back to the manger because church, get this, this matters. And if you're going to be able to truly celebrate, you'll be able to know that who was there matters. And the who reveals the why that leads to the what. That gives you victory that we sing about. That gives you heaven that we hope for. That gives you help in this life. The who matters. And it says, his name shall be called Emmanuel, which is God with us. And we can go ahead and say it also is God for us. Now here's the, the other part of why that we've got asked. Man, we look like a really intelligent church, don't we? Look at it. Why did he do all this? Why was he revealed? What does this say about his purpose? Now stay with me just for, for a moment on this. What does it say that unto you is born this day a savior? A wonderful counselor who is a mighty God, an everlasting father who is the prince of peace. Jesus saved the people from their sins. Emmanuel, God with us, God for us. What does all that say? Ultimately, it leads to this. And this is, this is the ultimate why for the whole thing. Relationship with God. Relationship with God. All the other things that he is and came to do. Stay with me on this. All those other things clear out the obstacles and build the bridge so that you and I could have a relationship with God. C.S. Lewis said this. The son of God became a man so that man could become sons of God. I want to say it again. The son of God became a man so that the so that man could become, could become sons of God. The greatest thing you could ever have, the most important thing, the most powerful thing, the most precious thing you could ever have, listen to me, is a relationship with God. Amen. You know, my kids through the years, and they're all graphically inclined, and by that I mean um, they can draw it, uh, they're all tech savvy, computer savvy. So that's all good until it's Christmas time and they give us Christmas lists. <laughs> so now, you know, they're able to send us, here's a link to all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and send you reminders to your phone. And No, I'm, I'm teasing. But, but through the years, even I remember when my oldest son was little, he would cut things out of catalogs and stuff and tape them or glue them on and you know, and he'd write, you know, really like this one in a big blue arrow, you know, and, and now they give us, you know, where it's at, how much it costs and all those things. And, 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 and let me just say this too. If you got all the stuff on your list, even stuff that you thought I could never ask for that, I could never, if you got all the stuff on your list, it, it, it doesn't matter. It pales 
compared to a relationship with God. A relationship with God is the most important, the most powerful, the most precious thing you can have. And even the stuff that we get, and I hope y'all have caught on to this. Y'all look like a smart group. Nine o'clock, they're really sharp. So I'm looking at this group. Are y'all... I hope y'all have caught, into what, caught on to what they're trying to do to you out there. Get this. So everybody wants this. But once you get this item, guess what you got to have? You got to have a thing and an adapter and a doodad and a case. And y'all with me? And you get, and, and uh, we can upgrade you for a little bit and then, you know, give you a warranty here. It's like buying a car with no wheels. And they get you. How many of you have figured this out? Okay. But I want to tell you, if you got all that stuff, it's, it doesn't matter. It's going to rot. It's going to break. Somebody's going to steal it. Or one day, what was so precious to you, you die. And somebody's going to sell it out by the mailbox for $1.50. Are you all here? But a relationship with God. So Why? Well, let's look at the who again. Savior, a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting Father is a Prince of Peace, Jesus who takes away the sins of the world, Emmanuel, God with us, God for us. That's who. Why? Ultimately, all things so that you and I could have a relationship with God. So I want to encourage you to pause at the manger. And think about it. I, I pray you'll get a view of some kind of nativity scene. I, I ask for these to be out here as a, as a visual today. On our mantle at home, we've got a, I guess it's ceramic nativity scene. And then over on another shelf, we've got an Avon nativity scene that I bought. I don't even think Lee was born yet. And there's a little Avon. How many of you remember it? all the stuff they'd say I had, I used to have cologne and a screwdriver thing from Avon. You remember all those, but, but we've just, it's precious to us all those years. And one year, I think we lost Jesus or Jesus got broke or something. Oh, an angel's head fell off, but super glue. But listen, don't get caught up in all the stuff and why we do this and do all, do all this. And get right down to the middle. And I just pray that you'll remember this. That the who reveals the why and then all the what of it. And here's the result of it all. You should celebrate. Listen to me, church. You should celebrate. Oh, no, you didn't hear me. You should celebrate. You have something to celebrate. No, no, wait, 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 wait. Christmas is the celebration of the entrance of our Savior, our wonderful counselor, and I could go on and on and on in, into our world. Why? So we could have a relationship with God. Let me just tell about celebration real quick, and then we'll, we'll stop. So how do you celebrate? I think one way is you sing. And when we celebrate, we're not just after the Christmas twinge. How many of you like the Christmas twinge? I was like, oh, I just felt so Christmassy. We like those. But that's being sentimental and so forth. And I like it and I'm after it, okay? But yesterday morning it was cold. I, I finished uh, enough of my study. And every year, and I'm kind of proud of this, I'm in charge of the stockings. 
So I needed to finish shopping for the stockings. And I just want to tell you, kids, boom, we got it this year, okay? It's going it's to be good. But I was out driving, shopping, doing all this, and, and I turned on, you know, the radio, and there's song. And I'll tell you what I did. I sang. Fully aware, I'm celebrating. And when you celebrate and sing, you sing like Lawan sang. You just let, even if you're not good like her, you just pretend you are, okay? And celebrate and sing and sing loud and sing like you can. And if you really can't sing, then find other ways to celebrate when you're, when you're around people. Real quick. And light the tree. And light up your house. We live on a cul-de-sac. We don't get any traffic. But I'll tell you, we light that sucker up. Because we're celebrating. People say, why do you light stuff? Because we're celebrating. Here's another way to celebrate. One of my favorites. Eat. No, 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 wait. Let me change it. Feast. Now, don't get confused. That's not just, you know, I'm just going to stuff myself. It's not about being a glutton. It's about, I'm celebrating. I want you to savor the flavor and enjoy it and smell it and eat it. But don't just eat and don't just stuff yourself. Make it a feast. Because we have something to feast and celebrate about. And give and receive and laugh. And sing some more and give thanks and forgive somebody and love each other and then feast some more. Christmas, it's a celebration of the entrance of our Savior into our world so that you and I could have a relationship with God. And that's worth celebrating. Amen. Merry Christmas. Do you get anything at all out of this today?